right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. Chuck and John will be back very soon for a full episode. I hope the holiday season is treating you well. If you want to support our show, the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. There we provide exclusive bonus content. We've been throwing up some breakfast videos. There's power rankings. The very popular $3 a month Slack chat where we talk about everything around the clock. We've been doing the Pickle Pick'em Challenge. Last I checked, I was in first place. Could be my first win. But that resets every month. The winner, as long as it is not a host, gets a neat prize package mailed to them. So if you want to get involved for January, you should probably sign up for our Patreon by then so you can get in on the first and join those the Pickle Pick'em Challenge. It goes Monday through Thursday all month long. Anyway, if you want to support the program, go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. My guest today is a former video coordinator for the Spurs and the Clippers and the Australian men's national team, and most importantly, is the host of the Jump Ball podcast and a return guest, Mr. Mo DeKeel. Mo, how are you? I'm great. I'm great, Keith. How about yourself? I am doing great. We've been doing all the holiday time driving around here in Tennessee and mainly, uh, Trying to balance the telling my three-year-old to be good because of Santa, and that feels weird, while also wanting him to be good. That's one of the things. I, whatever it takes. Right, right. <laughs> well, there's the whatever it takes, but one of the moral quandaries of celebrating Christmas, Mo, and I don't know if you celebrate Christmas or not, but one of the moral quandaries of doing it is this, all right, we've invented Santa Claus. I guess we're doing Santa Claus with my three-year-old, and there's a naughty or nice list. But, like, I don't want to tell him, like, hey, you need to do this because Santa's watching you because that just feels wrong. It makes you feel dirty. I don't know. I mean, I could see your, your quandary. Uh, I, as you said, like, I don't celebrate Christmas, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm not against it. <laughs> whatever gets results, Keith. I'm a results guy. Whatever gets you the results whatever, you need. Yeah. Whatever gets <laughs> the kid to eat his dinner and to stop throwing things. You're like, hey, yes. hey, Santa. <laughs> You want a present? And he's like, yes. And it's like, oh, and then I feel bad. I'm like, I don't want to threaten him with this. Like, I don't know. It feels, it feels terrible. Anyway. I'm, I'm, as, an, as an uncle, I'm a big believer in bribery. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, I yeah. the kids, if I need the niece or nephew to do something, it's like, hey, behave. And I might take you to the movies. That's right. If you pee in the potty, I will give you candy. That's, uh, that's, yes. that's, that's, that's the life I'm living now. Anyway, <laughs> uh, before we get carried away, Mo, what was your breakfast? Uh, this morning I had scrambled eggs, onions, spinach, mushrooms, and and some avocado with a ton of hot sauce, Keith. That's that's kind of my go-to breakfast most mornings. That's incredible. I love eggs and hot sauce. All those ingredients, do you just have those on hand? Are, are you is your kitchen thoroughly stocked like an episode of Chopped? Uh it, it is, but I'm really so bad at cooking. <laughs> it's probably not put to the best use. I feel bad for the ingredients. They're being wasted on my talents. That's uh, that's too. You're not a Blue Apron man getting those ingredients sent to you every day. I wouldn't. No, I, I'm not. 
<laughs> too much work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. All right, before we get to our real topic, you threw something out on Twitter today that I thought was amusing, and I wanted to know more about it. You just randomly <laughs> mentioned as an aside that at some point in your life, Aaron Baines chased you onto a hotel elevator. Can you give me the details of everything that happened? Yeah, this was during my uh, Australia national days. So the way it broke down was usually I would work for the whatever team I was working for. And as soon as the season ended, I'd fly to Australia and and spend the rest of the offseason in Australia working with the national team. And I think this might have been 2010. It's possible it was 2011. But Aaron Baines was on the team. This is before he came over to the NBA and and we're in a city in China, a small city playing in a tournament. And I'm pretty sure I just made fun of Baines for something. I, a, a crack or whatever. And he's, he's down the hall. I'm going into the elevator. Was I'm it, like, there's no, was it haircut? I don't know. What was his haircut back then? Oh, it, it, it wasn't the, uh, the, the top knot he's got going now. Uh, it, he, he had a pretty, pretty much a small buzz cut all the way. Gotcha. But I, I can't remember what it was. Uh, but anyways, he comes, you know, I'm thinking like, I got enough time. I can get to the elevator. I'll be fine. I look up and, and he's charging at me and I'm just like, Oh, I'm in trouble. I'm sprinting to the elevator now with Baines chasing me. And I think I got in and then, you know, kind of like it's the movie sort of like as the elevator <laughs> door is closing, it's like his hands just kind of stops the elevator doors. And I'm just like, Oh no. And you know, the door opens up and he comes in and corners me and, 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 and wrestles me a little bit in the elevator, which is, kind of funny, kind of frightening because he's sort of the Hulk, you know, he's kind of has that huge body type and just, you know, he was just as ripped then as he is now. I mean, I didn't know if the payoff was going to be like, what's the payout? Like, is it an, is it a noogie? It is. Is it a wedgie? Well, what does a large basketball player do to uh, someone who's, I don't know, a staff. I, I'm pretty sure I was in, I'm pretty sure I was in a headlock. I might've blocked some <laughs> of this out and, and, and might need therapy a few years of therapy to kind of get, 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 get the, the memory back. I might've repressed a lot of this, but, uh, I just remember just thinking like, Oh, this is funny. And then saying, Oh crap, he's chasing me. I'm screwed. Uh, that's really funny. All right. Well, the topic of the day that we're, that we're going to go over is which teams are we thinking in the NBA right now are either going to fall off after their brief Christmas break or are maybe going to turn things around? Like, which teams do we think what they're doing right now isn't necessarily going to continue? So I, I want to hear from you on what teams you think. If there's any ones you don't mention, I'll throw them in. I'm doing it, I'm doing it pretty much based on uh, my preseason predictions and the teams mm -hmm. I'm the most wrong about. But anyway, uh, so what, what teams, Mo, are you thinking about that you think might change either they'll have more success or less success going forward this season. You know, to start off the season, I was way wrong about Indiana. You know, I, I thought they were a terrible team. I didn't think they'd be very good. I, I definitely didn't think they'd be 19 and 16. Didn't see the Oladipo kind of game come, you know, sort of just coming out party that this season has turned out to be for him. Didn't see Sabonis kind of really putting it all together. I wasn't very high on him. And, you know, and, and, and watching them now and they're 19 and 16, they've lost their last two. I wouldn't be surprised to see them stumble a bit. You know, I'm overall not, I think these guys are playing a little bit over their heads. I think like Sabonis is beginning to lose steam. I don't know if Oladipo can continue what he's doing 
in December for the rest of the season. He's averaging like 28 points in December. And I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to continue that. And, and they don't have that much firepower after that, where I wonder if, you know, if they're going to be able to sustain that for the rest of the year. You know, there was a stat in the Pistons game that they, they got blown out last night by the Pistons. But they were saying that, you know, they, they've been down by 10, I think it was, several times this season and have come back each time. And I was just like, that's not something that's sustainable. That's not something that you can kind of you can get away with for a long period of time, basically a full season. I still I don't think it'll be enough to knock them out of the playoffs, but they're really only, you know, New York's in the ninth spot and they're only a game behind them, you know, so it's, it's, it's not inconceivable should they go on a bad run. So I think Indiana might falter a little bit. Right. That's definitely one of the teams on my list in the preseason. They were, however, one of my lock overs. Like they were one of the overs I was most interested in, even I mean, because their, their their Vegas total, I think, was only 31 for wins. So I was just like this team, you know, there's a bunch of good professionals and they're going to win in the 30s. But right now they're on a 40, a 43 win pace. That's before that's a, not counting tonight's losses. We talk on Wednesday night. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I was looking at some of their stats. Uh, they're second in the NBA on three-point field goal percentage. They're also second in the NBA on all mid-range jumpers. So, to me, I don't know how much of that, like you said, is sustainable. Oladipo is playing incredibly. That's the thing that no one really predicted was how much of a leap he would make. But I know he's shooting a great percentage. I don't have it in front of me on pull-up threes, like like three like threes pull up in transition. He's shooting a great percentage, and those are things where I'm like, you know what? I think this is going to fall off. So yeah, I, I'm with you there, Mo. I think the Pacers also still make it, but I don't really, I don't think they're maybe going to hit that mid 40s or you know, get to that point and this run powered by Oladipo and also some crazy Lance Stevenson play. Like they depend yeah. a lot on Lance Stevenson, which that doesn't seem great. So I, I think I also am uh, kind of pessimistic about what the rest of the year holds from the Pacers. Yeah. So th- that's definitely, I'm, I'm anytime you're depending on Lance Stevenson, you got to be a little <laughs> bit concerned, right? Right. <laughs> you just got sitting there just going like, this this might not turn out as good as we hope it will. <laughs> exactly. What's a, what's another team you're looking at? Uh, another team I actually think is they're on the verge of turning it around is Oklahoma City. You know they they their game just ended just now. They're they're going to be winners of six straight. I think they've they figured it out after a rough start. I I wasn't surprised that they struggled. I wasn't surprised that they struggled as much as they had. I was getting a little bit worried. But it, there's just too much talent there for them to be this disheveled and this to struggle this much. You know, uh, it looks like Westbrook's kind of back to being Westbrook there. You know, he had that that PRP shot, you know, at the beginning of the year and things. So he may, may not have been that healthy or felt that comfortable at the beginning of the year. But he looks like he's rounding into form. It looks like the guys are beginning to figure it out. I think it's still a process. They're still going to have some bad losses along the way. But. I think they're a team that's going to pick it up. I think, you know, for me, it, it won't surprise me if they end up in the four spot, you know, considering, you know, two weeks ago, they were probably out of the playoffs. If you looked at the standings, you know, I, I, I can see them kind of flying up the, the, the standings Four is probably where I have them. I would have them finishing at the end of the year. Right. So the thunder also one of my teams They're uh, they were on pace to only win 49 games but as you say they've won several games in a row they've run several games against good competition their defense has been there all year 
But now it does seem like, all right, these guys are warming up. These guys are probably going to be the four seed, at least, you know, the four seed that probably don't have enough firepower or they got in too big of a hole to catch the Spurs. But, like, they are looking ferocious and terrifying. I think, like, like most people predicted. I, I don't feel like I heard a lot of people loudly saying before the season, like, they're going to struggle. But, you know, the early season, there were the bumps. But I, I agree. I think this is now suddenly a terrifying team for the rest of the year. You brought up a great point about them is that the, the defense had been there all year. And that was the, the thing I was most concerned about. Was you know how how well are they going to defend and, and and that's the hardest thing to come together. I think you could figure out the offense on the fly and get things going, but being able to figure out how to defend properly and and right rotations and things like that that's been a thing that's been there all year for them, like you said, and and that surprised me. And that's something where I think if you can consistently defend on a nightly basis, you're going to have a great chance to win pretty much every game. The the other team that I I'm not sure. You got to stay with me here a little bit. Okay. But the Clippers, the Clippers have a chance to go on a hell of a run here. Right. They, they the, over the next month, they're going to play everybody, Oklahoma city, Denver, Portland, new Orleans. I think they have Utah in that stretch. They have golden state warriors twice. You know, they they have to beat some of these teams. Like basically all these teams that are ahead of them, they're going to face in the next month. So for me, if they can stay healthy and, and, I don't know, go, go seven and two in that stretch. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to just assume the two losses are the warriors. Cause they just can't seem to beat them. But if they can, or, or, or six and three in that stretch, it puts them right back in the playoff race. And, you know, of course the key thing is health. It looks like they're going to get Blake Griffin back, you know, if not this Friday before, uh, or, you know, early next year. So I think, you know, they're a team that can definitely go on a run. I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's just because there's, there's so many question marks with health, but with the way the schedule kind of lined up with January, January is going to be a big month for them. And if they can really kind of put it together that month, they're going to have a chance to really get it going. Otherwise early February, I think there's just going to start making a, a lot of moves. Yeah. I think they're an interesting team where it almost seems like doc rivers is doing a better job with this, kind of makeshift roster it reminds me of his very earliest days in orlando where i think he won coach of the year for putting together like a 500 ball club with some kind of cast off i want to say was that pat garrett was that his name pat garrity uh yeah and then uh, like daryl armstrong a bow outlaw so it's i've been really impressed like i saw uh on twitter lucas hahn put out that the clippers have played pretty much more minutes to rookies this year than they have in any of Doc's other seasons, like already, because they just that's get- not saying much considering like he just basically used to just lock rookies in the basement, right? But the fact that he's actually been like, you know what, I'm at my wits in. I guess uh, you know, like Sundarius Thornwell is going to play, and we're going to play him a lot. And so I've been impressed. You know, they're uh, they're they're only a few games, but the three games behind the Pelicans, they uh, right. they they played a road heavy schedule so far. So maybe if the schedule turns around for them. They will have they will have a uh, a chance to make up some ground and get getting obviously getting Blake Griffin back if Danilo Gallinari can heal his butt, like that's it will, <laughs> will be will be a boost and then they can you know they can get back in this thing when it looked like they were kind of maybe losing control of the or losing grip of the rope, it was slipping and away. I, I think I think Gallinari's injury it's going to sound weird but Gallinari's injury kind of helps them because it's a weird lineup. 
play, like Gallinari shouldn't be starting at the three anymore in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And a combination of Gallinari, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin, you know, as kind of your front court, really causes a lot of problems for me. They've never really had the wing player that, that you, you seem to need in the NBA. But we all know Gallo is not that guy. He's more of a stretch four. Blake almost should be kind of a, a, a five now almost, the way the NBA is played, and, and a, a playmaking five. But, you know, I so I think this might be a better, a blessing in disguise almost. You know, Blake going back to the four, DJ at the five. They'll, you know, they'll they'll plug in whoever they can at the three. But then they have, you know, Milos Tadosic, first off, amazing guy to watch play ball. And, you know, he's going to help a ton. Austin Rivers has been on an amazing tear and, you know, quite impressive. I don't know if you're going to get that <laughs> to st- stick around, but it, it might help him that Gallinari's out because the lineups might make a little more sense than trying to force feed the Gallo, Blake, and DJ lineup. Yeah, and I guess one of the big questions they'll have to answer is, can Austin Rivers and Lou Williams do this when they're no longer just getting every single shot they want all game long? Like, can they they do it when they're playing more team basketball, getting Blake Griffin in, giving Blake Griffin most of the touches? Uh, Do you have a, what's another team you got? Pick you pick a team right now. Oh, okay. I will say a team that I was the most wrong about. One of the teams I was most wrong about so far this season, the New York Knicks. I know they played an incredibly home favorable schedule, but I, I thought they were going to be terrible. And you know they're they're doing just fine. Like they're in the playoff race. They're they're right around five hundred. So I'm looking at that, and I'm actually thinking because of I think it's now something four of their next only four of their next nineteen games are at home that maybe they will hit the wall. So I think New York Knicks fans, you've had a good early season run. You got you got to be excited about Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, you got to enjoy Christoph Porzingis. Frankie Smokes looks fun. I think this new year as the calendar turns, things might get ugly uh, in New York City. Yeah, I I'm with you on New York. The you said it in your the pod, the, the the 12 stats of Christmas yeah. podcast that you had uh <laughs> you know, the, the, the stat of how much they're going to go on the road and they're two and 11 on the road. So yeah. that, I mean, that's a scary number, <laughs> you know? So, and it's not surprising. Young teams generally struggle on the road. It's, it's hard to win road games. You know, that's, that's the thing that's, that's very difficult. You know, kind of one of those things is like you want to be dominant at home and almost 500 on the road. And that usually guarantees a playoff spot. So they're very far from 500 on the road. And this stretch right here of, you know, four out of their next 19 being at home is it, it's a scary it's a scary thought for them. So it's definitely going to be a uh, 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 we'll find out everything we need to know about the Knicks after these next 19 games. Right. And obviously I could be wrong because I thought they'd be terrible for the first 33 games yeah. or so. And, they, and, and they, they haven't been. I'll tell you another team. And it's not just because they won tonight on Wednesday night. I'd already written them down. This is going the other way. The Atlanta Hawks were way worse than I thought they would be. Like, I know a lot of people were like, this is the worst team in the league. And then everyone was like, see, I told you they're the worst team in the league. I really thought the Hawks could have a chance to win like 30 games and be kind of a fun team. And I don't know if they're going to keep trying to win games as the season, as the calendar keeps going and and they're finally like, all right, let's, let's maybe take it easy and trade away Marco Bellinelli or unload Kent Bazemore or something. But I think the Hawks have a chance of winning some more games of being competitive of doing some things and actually, you know, maybe getting out of the basement 
post-Christmas. What, do you see any hope in the Hawks, or, or do you think they are going to just keep continuing what they do, which is uh, have the worst record in the league? I, I don't know if they'll have the worst record in the league, but they'll be in the top three. I think <laughs> they're in a tough spot. I, I'll tell you what, there are bright spots about that team. You know, Dwayne Dedman shooting th- three ball at an incredible rate is quite a surprise. Uh, John Collins is just a fun, bouncy rookie you know, and you can see that that's a that's a young player. That's a that's a stud that they got, you know, in in the draft last year. You know, so I think that's kind of a thing. I don't see them really kind of shooting up the uh, thing. But what they're going to do is they're going to surprise teams on occasion, like with Washington tonight, you know, and, and, and play them tough. You know, if you don't come in and prepare and be ready to play against them, they will give you a game because that's the one thing coach bud's going to do is the team is always going to be prepared they may have a problem on the, on the talent level and be a, a deficit there but they're going to be ready to play and they're going to play their butts off and that's just the way it's going to go so you have to be ready and washington learned that the hard way tonight they might get a few wins they might pull out of the uh the the, the seller in the nba but I, I i don't see them going much more than than being, you know, one of the bottom three teams. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a ten and ten stretch coming Atlanta. I got, I got faith. Give me a ten, <laughs> a ten and ten stretch. That's all I'm talking about. Uh, Mo, you got, you got another team that you think might uh, either improve or lose coming up. Well, what I'm, the team I'm most kind of worried about is is Minnesota. Okay. I think with, I, and it might not be an immediate thing. It might be more down the stretch. Might be more of a March April thing we're going to see. But it's just too many minutes. Okay. Plain and simple. Yeah. It's just, he's just, it's, look, it, it's fine now, but these guys, it, it wears you down, you know, and, and the, the, they just went to overtime tonight and I don't know uh, what the minutes breakdown is, but I get, I'm, I'm betting, you know, <laughs> at least two of the starters played 40 minutes. Oh yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'd be stuck. Even though I think they got, they got Belitza back tonight, but uh, so hopefully I was saying they would extend the rotation, but yeah, no, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I know, I know everyone seems to agree on this, and I don't know if it's just groupthink or what. Like you know, I guess there are stats that show that their their defense defense rating goes down a lot in the fourth quarters, and maybe their jump shooting goes down. But I'm also more. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to fall on the Van Gundy, Jeff Van Gundy side of an argument. I don't know how much of it I like. I I buy into. I kind of feel like you know these guys will be fine, and I've been really impressed with their team so far. They have a winning record on the road and at home, and you know they're they're in that fight for the, for the four seed in the West. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, they're, I I don't think they're going to drop out of the playoffs, or it's anything going to be amazingly drastic or anything like that. You know, looking at the 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 box score now, Taj Gibson played forty minutes, Wiggins forty one, Butler forty two. Uh, Towns only played 30 minutes, so, uh, but he fouled out. I will, uh, I will backtrack a little. I am concerned about Taj Gibson's minutes. He, he's playing so many minutes. He's playing also a Trevor Ariza. I think Trevor Ariza has gone over 40 minutes, obviously on the Rockets, but, uh, he's gone over 40 minutes, like eight times in a row, eight games in a row or something like that. Yeah. It's just like, it just wears your body down, you know, and, and, they might be fine tomorrow morning. You know, they, they, they might be getting acclimated to it, but you want to kind of be at your peak, you know, kind of going into April. And I just feel like kind of driving these guys like that is it's, it's too much, you know, and, and I think he need, I think it'd be nice to see Tibbs do it. I mean, he, he did it in Chicago. This is no different than what he did in Chicago. 
And a lot of those guys, you know, Derek Rose's career has taken a lot of injuries. So has Noah, you know, Lou Aldang's another guy like heavy injuries. That's, that's kind of worn these guys down and I'm, I'm concerned about it. So I just think down the, down the stretch, I could see that being a cause of like, crap, they're going to, they're going to drop some games. Uh, hey, well, another team, this is one team I was most, there's, there's two more teams that I was, I've been very wrong about so far this year, at least based on their, their win projections, according to 538. The Detroit Pistons, I thought were going to be pretty bad. I think I, maybe I was just kind of tired of this iteration of a Pistons team. And, right. they, and they obviously just lost Reggie Jackson. But what's your opinion? Do you think this team has shown enough this year, like Andre Drummond's improvements, Tobias Harris playing really well, that you trusted this team going forward because this is one I can't make up my mind like like they obviously already had a regression where they lost a bunch of games and Avery Bradley got hurt but is this a team you have faith in going forward for the rest of the season healthy I do okay you know when we saw what happened when Brady uh Brady sorry Bradley went out um and we you know now I'm uh, I'm a little concerned with Reggie Jackson but I'm with you it's going into the season I was like they're not gonna be that good you know uh and the uh the, the improvement Tobias Harris has shown is, is quite impressive. And it's, he's just another guy that leaves Orlando and blossoms somewhere else, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's kind of like the Orlando curse is lifted. And then he's, he's amazing elsewhere. I mean, I can't wait to see what Aaron Gordon looks like if he ever leaves Orlando. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but, but I, I, I feel like when they're healthy, they can make some things happen, you know, and, and listen, Stan Van Gundy is a good coach. You know, he, he, He's a guy who, again, he's going to have his guys prepared. They're going to be ready. I think Drummond has shown major improvement. He makes plays like off the dribble and, and some of his passes he's dropping. I didn't know he had that in his game. So it's it's been pretty impressive to see that and, and all that. And it's not all dependent on Reggie Jackson. I mean, at times they look even better with Ish Smith on the court instead of Reggie Jackson. So it's, it's an interesting team. I think if they're healthy and they're going into – you know, they go through healthy stretches, they'll be fine. You know, Reggie Jackson's going to be out a little bit. That was a bad ankle sprain last night. Uh, I don't know what – I thought I saw something that said it was like a grade three, which I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound nice. Yeah, six six uh, to eight weeks is the initial – they're going to be, be out for six to eight weeks and then check them out, so it's not great. Yeah, that that's, that's definitely – and it looked bad when you saw it on tape. It was just one of those you saw on tape one time. You're like, okay, I don't need to see that again. Please don't show any replays. Um but that's that's the kind of thing I, I I think they can hang on to it. I think Ish Smith is really important for them though right now with with Reggie out and they 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 can't afford to lose him and Reggie. So it'll it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they they carry on without Reggie. All right, last thing, do you have a you have any other team that you think might change their fortunes? I'm I'm gonna go with Philly. Okay. I I think Philly's better than their record at 15 and 18. I know, you know. They're they're very heavy relying on Joel Embiid. They they need him to be healthy and play a ton more games than he's been playing. He missed that two week stretch I think after the uh, OKC game, you know, up until Christmas and 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 they were they went on like a four or five game losing streak. But I think they're better than that. I think it's just a matter of I think Simmons is kind of trying to figure out you know navigate the rookie wall that he seems like he's hitting. Teams have kind of starting to catch up to him a little bit. So I think, you know, it's just a matter of him figuring that stuff out, them getting healthy. They've had Redick in and out of the lineup. They've had Covington in and out of the lineup. I think there's, there's a level of, I just think they're better than 15 and 18. Like I think they're a playoff team. 
I think they'll 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 find their way into it. Um, but again, it's all at the end of the day, it's all relying on Joel Embiid. And you know, I, I actually I'm gonna plug my own stuff. I just wrote something today about you know they got to cut down on their live ball turnovers, and that's something that if they if they can do that, they're really gonna start shooting up in the standings. You know, they're only you know a, a two games, two and a half games out of the eight seed. I think Miami's shaky. I think Milwaukee can be kind of shaky depending on how Jay Kidd decides to coach them. I think they can jump over the Knicks. I think, like we said, the Knicks are, might take a tumble here with that tough stretch they have. Yeah, they're a team I watch a lot of, and I honestly can't, I don't understand them because sometimes they do look incredible and you're seeing things maybe you've never seen before, like the, the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid combo. And like, this team's amazing. And then obviously, you know, getting a little beat up with injuries, dropping a bunch of games, losing to some bad teams. And I'm like, all right, maybe it's, Maybe I'm just kind of gotten carried away with the excitement of, of these new guys and with the process kind of working. And I'm like, all right, this team is really shallow. And maybe like they do bog down a lot where you can't t- really tell what's going on. So they're a big question mark for me. Like they're fun to watch. They didn't make my list here because uh, I kind of thought this would be, be where the record would be. Mm. But earlier in the year, it did look like, hey, this could be a top 10 team in the NBA, like, you know, somewhere around there. But then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm optimistic as well, just because I guess I want to be optimistic because they're so fun. They are fun. And I think you're right. Like, we all got carried away. Like, let's be honest. We (laughs) after those two games in L.A. and I went I was lucky enough to go to the the, the game against the Clippers. Like, we were all like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing, (laughs) you know, and and, and that stuff. So we, we all got carried away a little bit. And I think it's. I really hate to say this because this is definitely a Jason Kidd way of saying things, but it's it's a young team. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're they're a young team. And and unlike Milwaukee, because I disagree with him when he says that about Milwaukee, with Philly, they are actually a really young team. You know, you gotta remember Joel and B did not play basketball, you know, what, seven or eight years ago. You know, like this is still kind of new to him. Uh, ben Simmons is is working his way into the NBA and figuring these things out. There's special talents there. And, you know, I, I, I just in general, they're just they're just so freaking young that you just kind of got to let it let it kind of develop and stuff. And turnovers are a big sign of a, or something that young teams do. And that's why it's like, all right, this is this is them being young. So there's going to be times where they're going to look great and they're going to have flashes. And you're just like, damn, if they can just do this all the time, like, yeah, they're they're a top 10 team. I think it just takes time, I think. They'll figure it out. I think they got the right coach in Brett Brown, and I'm not saying that because he took me to Australia. That was the head coach <laughs> of the Australian national team. But it's just you can see it in the way the guys kind of listen to him and stuff, and, and they vibe with him. I know some people don't like his rotations. I have a few question marks. I, I'd like to see him play Rashawn Holmes a little bit more uh, instead of Amir Johnson or, or uh, Booker. But in general, I think they got the right coach. I think they got J.J.'s a big help, a good veteran presence. I think I, they're on the right track to me. I think is is they're going to go as Embiid goes at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm uh I'm excited to see where they go, but not too high because I I picked their under for their win total <laughs> this season. My only other team I don't even want to talk about them really. Uh, the Grizzlies are way off my projection for them. I thought they'd win 43 games. I thought I was on the right track early in the year, but now they're only projected to win 27. I'm, I'm honestly, here's the thing, Mo. I'm worried they're going to get better and I don't want them to. 
<laughs> you're in for the tank now. You're in for the tank. They're actually here in LA right now. I know. <laughs> I need I need all my Lakers buddies to show up. This is like the Hawks won tonight. The Mavs won tonight. Come on, Lakers. Yeah, your- this is one of those things. You're just like, yeah, man, we need that loss. Like that's let us get down deeper. Let it get us another chance. I am I not. Got a couple- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I got a couple questions for you about the Grizzlies. Oh, please go ahead. Okay, and I'm going to share this with you to begin with. Understand. I have a passionate dislike and hatred for the Memphis Grizzlies. Sure, sure. Clippers okay. history, it's mutual. Clippers history mutual. and San Antonio. Oh, okay. Nice. I was with the Spurs when you guys knocked us out as an eight seed. Oh, and I'm still, yeah. In your face, and, Mo. In your <laughs> I'm face. I'm still convinced we win a championship that year if we get past the Grizzlies. So I feel like you guys owe me. You took a ring for me, and I'm a bit upset. Man, the Grizzlies, and, hey, this is this is because there's only like 20 Grizzlies fans that was low key a really good chance for the Grizzlies to win a title with a not very good team. Like I can't believe they blew that seven game series against the thunder. And then like, we, I feel like we owned the Mavs anyway. Yeah, no, (laughs) and we all, everybody, I mean, we felt confident against the thunder and, and, and the Mavs that season. So, uh, my first question to you is, Uh are you afraid that this is going to end up with Marcus all demanding a trade somewhere in the next year? You guys fired, a good coach, at least I, I believe Fizz is a good coach for, you know, you chose the star player over the good coach, you know, I, and I just kind of was like, this isn't going to work out because he's just going to demand a trade in a year. I'm uh, scared. Isn't the right word. Um, I don't think they're going to trade him just because of the, the ownership issues. Like no one knows mm-hmm. who's going to control the team in a year or, or own the team in a year. So I don't think they're probably going to trade him. I am concerned with how, how he has played since Fisdale got fired. Like he, he had some plays against the Suns on uh, Monday night that looked like he was point shaving. I mean, he was just, he just threw the te- ball to the wrong team a couple times. He had no assists. Uh, it, it, it was ugly. So like I, I guess I'm I'm concerned with how he's playing. I, I'd be concerned if they dump him. I don't, but I don't think they're going to. Like I don't I don't I see don't, any team I don't see any team making an offer that makes sense for the Grizzlies. And then I, I can't imagine that the people in charge right now would trade him. But but my my question is: Are you concerned that he might demand a trade? Uh, yeah, I guess like, I guess a stuff? little bit. I guess a little bit because the way he's playing does remind me similarly similarly of Pal Gasol's final moments mm-hmm. with the Grizzlies when he was trash like he he was barely <laughs> trying and it was like oh i guess he's not going to be here uh but i at that point i was kind of done with Pal Gasol however many years ago that was uh yeah i mean i am worried but i also hope as long as he doesn't go somewhere like he goes somewhere cool like a good team like if the Cavs want him or Toronto or the Spurs. I think I'd feel happy for him. Like okay. you, you gave me some great years, but if he goes somewhere stupid, like, uh, I don't know, Washington or some other city, I don't think I have listeners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, like that, that, I guess that, that'd be hard. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And then my last question for you about the Grizzlies with, with the, you get the number one pick. Who do you want? Oh, see, I don't, I don't follow these prospects. Maybe I will start following them. Uh, I feel I don't know enough to answer honestly because the only name I really know is Luka Doncic, and that does seem awesome. Like if 
if we have two more, if this is like a, a one-year tank where we just retool next year, and if Mike and Mark have a couple more years, and then you add a, a, like a playmaking, creating wing like Doncic to that, that seems amazing. But the rest of the guys, I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about them yet to uh, be able to express an opinion. That's perfectly for we, we. When you guys get the number one pick, I'm I'm, I'm going to put it out there for <laughs> yes. you. Yes, the uh, uh, we, I, I'll have you on my podcast, and I'll I will have expect you to have done your homework. Okay, and I want to know who you want as <laughs> as the number one pick for the Grizzlies. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I I will start doing work. This is the first year where I will probably get into Draft Express and figuring out who these prospects are because looks like we're getting a lottery pick, Mo. Yeah, and you're not alone in like I don't watch college basketball, so I don't I, I, I know the names and every now and then I'll I'll tune in in a game, but I will never finish the college game all the way through. Right. The the, the stuff. So I'm not even on that level. So who does uh, uh, who just, does Trey Young play for? He's uh, uh, Oklahoma. Okay, so uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. He's the guy who's so. putting up like thirty and fifteen assists or something. Yeah. Like, like I didn't even it, know you could get fifteen gone. assists in a college game. That's incredible. Well, apparently you can get 25 like Rajon Rondo did tonight. Oh, wow. I haven't even seen yeah. that. I saw, I saw that net score and, and it was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, 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 I forgot that game was even on and then was like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mo, thanks for taking time to come on the show. Tell people about your show and where they can find you online. My podcast is wherever you can find podcasts. It's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all that fun stuff. It's called The Jump Ball. I usually do a weekly show, try to get a cool guest. Hopefully going to have Keith on soon. Uh, and then we're going to uh, you know, just kind of kick it up a notch come playoff times and do uh, two shows a week. You can find I write on thejumpball.net, my own site. And then you can follow me on Twitter at mo.keel underscore NBA. Uh, and I post everything I do there. I do video breakdowns on, on Twitter. I do some, uh, video threads from time to time when I, when, when I have a moment. So, uh, follow me there and you'll always know where my stuff is. That sounds good. You guys check him out. He's a good follow. If you want to get educated. Also I'm waiting for my gelato. When's my gelato coming? I, I owe you and somebody else gelato. And I, I, I actually thought when I got a direct message from you this morning, I was like, he's going to be asking I was like, me, Yo, where's, where's my gelato? gelato? I owe Mo, you gelato. Mo is sponsored by by a gelato company. Uh, I I take it, or maybe you're just a really big fan. But uh, uh, I, I think common, I want some gelato, it, it, and I'm ready. You're getting you're getting gelato. It's also winter time, so I imagine it's pretty cold in Memphis. So <laughs> well, I'm in um, I'm in Nashville, but you know it's cold. Nashville, it, it'll Nashville, tra- it'll travel fine. You know, you just okay. put it in the back of a car. It'll be fine. <laughs> I will I will be sending out you some gelato in the new year. <laughs> that sounds perfect. All right, Mo, have a good night. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for having me, Keith. All right, thanks to Mo for coming on, a good guest. I look forward to getting this uh, whatever weird gelato flavor he's going to send me. It's all kind of hipstery, basil-infused things, at least when I looked on their website. I'm nervous. I'm uh, purely a sweets man. I don't need that savory in my ice cream or my gelato. Anyway, if you want to support our program, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Go to fantrax.com. For a unique fantasy experience, customizable fantasy website. You can follow me on Twitter at Fast Break Break. Like us on Facebook. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing.
Yeah, never apologize for being G and G. Fan break, break, man. You understand?